key is having tenant. And the key to having tenant is knowing businesses in the market or having a good broker. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners, that's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average patch of land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Troy Golden, a perfect last name for real estate investing, by the way. Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Troy is joining us from Oak Brook, Illinois. It's a suburb of Chicago for those of us who are not from that area. He's a senior director at SC Group Real Estate, and he's a commercial broker specialized in representing tenants for office space. So I was talking to him earlier and 90% of his clients are looking to rent office space and about 10% plus or minus are looking to purchase office space. So we're talking about office space on today's show, something that we've never talked about before and I'm excited to talk about it. Troy is the founder of Greater Oak Brook Business Leaders and is also the author of the Oak Brook Office Report, which is actually voted top commercial real estate blog of 2014 by the broker list. And he has some political ties and he's going to talk a little bit about that too. So with that being said, Troy, can you share with the best ever listeners a little bit about your background, what you're focused on and solve the mystery of the political aspect? (laughs) Sure. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Well, uh, as you mentioned before my real estate career, I used to work on political campaigns, uh, actually managing a couple of state level legislative races. And uh, believe it or not, I think that was an excellent preparation for what I do now, which is I'm a commercial real estate broker. Around 2008, I decided to get out of the political business and go to graduate school where I got my MBA at the University of Wisconsin. And after graduating, getting my MBA, started working as a commercial real estate broker specializing in office brokerage in Chicagoland. Why office? Well, there's a lot of things I like about office. A lot of it's cultural. I like talking to successful business owners. This is 
maybe not the best reason to do office, but the commissions are higher in office. I like the industries I get to represent, tech firms, law firms, accountants, and I really like my market, Oak Brook. It's a great market. There's a lot of good infrastructure there. Uh, there's a couple of highways intersecting. So even, or I started in a really down market and I was looking at a good place to start. And even though uh, I was starting right after the Great Recession, because of the place I was starting, office market, doing office in uh, the western suburbs in Oak Brook, uh, I was still able to make a living by uh, helping my clients cut back on their space and consolidate and save money. How does a business determine the type of space it needs? Uh, well, there's there's a lot of ways that I usually approach those questions when I first meet my clients, and sometimes they know the answers right away. Uh, sometimes client will be expanding, and they'll just be looking for more space. Sometimes they'll be looking to open up a new branch uh, downtown to attract a younger employee. Sometimes they just want a better deal, and they like where they are, but they're not in love with their current landlord and they might want to renew or they might want to move across the street. And my job is to start a bidding war between three or four local landlords and just get the best deal. And uh, sometimes my client doesn't start with a need, but I know something about the local office market and I approach a client with an opportunity and we just take things from there. And I'm happy to talk about some examples. Yeah, please. What's an example there? Something I'm doing right now is there's one building that's that will be demolished in my market in about a year. And so most of the clients or all the clients in that building need to be relocated. And I'm helping some of them uh, relocate. Many of them will end up being relocated to another building that is owned by the same landlord. And that landlord will be improving the other building and increasing the occupancy. I can foresee that the rent rates in the other building owned by that landlord will likely increase. So I'll be going to all the tenants in the second building and telling them that rents will probably increase in the next couple of years in your current building. So I recommend that you initiate an early renewal discussion now rather than waiting until your lease uh, renews one or two years from now because by the time you wait, the market rent rate for this property is probably going to go up one or two dollars per square foot. So if you like your current location, go ahead and start the renewal negotiation now while rents are low rather than waiting a couple of years from now. And it was harder to do that type of thing during the recession when people didn't want to make long-term decisions. But now that people, now that business is more steady, people are able to take advantage of opportunities like that. From a high level standpoint, if I am working with you and I want to buy an office building, how do I evaluate it? Because right now I'm going to let you know it's a blank slate for me because my focus isn't on office. What are the fundamentals of how to evaluate a, a building for purchase? Well, it kind of depends on whether you're using it, if you're an owner user or an investor. I'm assuming you're an investor. Yes. Let's, let's go with that one. There's two types of investors. There's value-add investors, and then there's it's just cash flow investors. Cash flow investors, it's fairly simple. You look at the cash already coming out of the building. Uh, you try to determine how stable that cash flow is, and you see whether or not it meets your required rate of return. 
And if it does, you just purchase it in the same way you'd purchase a dividend-producing stock. You know, if a building is producing a cash flow of X percent and it meets your required rate of return for the risk of that building in that market, then basically if it meets your investment criteria, you buy it. just depends on your particular criteria for return and risk. It's kind of the same thing for value add, except there's greater risk and greater return. Instead of buying a building or that's already producing cash and already has tenants, you buy an empty building and then the strategy is to fill it up. There's a lot more speculation involved there, but much greater return. Or one way to mitigate the risk with a value add investment is to occupy the building yourself. You own uh, your own business and you can rent to yourself. That's the sign that people, or that's one way people often get started. What are some other value add strategies that people do? Because the cash flow and the value add two pronged approach, or I, I guess not two pronged approach, but those two different strategies, that's just like multifamily. So that resonates with me because I'm a multifamily person. I know with, with multifamily, there's things that you can do for value add, like instituting a, a rub program where you build back residents for water or, you know, adding, increasing rents by, you know, adding in some amenities, whatever it is. What are some value add tactics that can be implemented in order to increase the value of office? If you invest in the property in the right way, you'll always reap a return. Well, not always. In real estate, in office, just like in a residential, those who are prescient reap great rewards. But if you invest in a building, sometimes you reap a great reward, but not always. Sometimes it just depends on buying at the right place at the right time. Obviously, those who purchased in 2008, they suffered a great loss. But I think pretty much anyone buying in the western suburbs right now is going to be on the right side of the market. There's just a report issued by NAI Hiffman or a local broker saying that uh, absorption went down in the Chicago suburbs by about 2 million square feet, double or almost double the amount in the Chicago CBD. And the overall absorption has decreased since the Great Recession from 23% to 18%. It's still really high, but things are definitely going in the right direction. So basically, you just have to take a look at uh, the direction of the market and the right place at the right time and get a little bit lucky. But I think really the key is having tenants. And the key to having tenants is knowing businesses in the market and or having a good broker like me who knows the tenants in the market and having a high occupancy rate. There's really no other shortcuts. So if you have a local partner, perhaps, uh, again, someone like me in your market who can pretty much assure that your building will be occupied, then you'll always have a good return. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Uh, not to repeat myself too much, but I'd say hire a broker who specializes in your property type and submarket and make sure that he markets the property, mentioning the unique characteristics of it. And why do you say that? I'm thinking of a particular client I have right now. He's a data center client and he has uh, unique needs. Data centers require power redundancy, uh, fiber optic cables. And I'm sure there's many properties that would fit those needs, but the listings of a lot of these properties just don't specifically state that they fit the requirements. Whenever you have a property 
that has uh, unique characteristics, your broker should always mention them. Or when hiring a broker, it's always good to ask certain questions. Experience is important, expertise, obviously. But it's best to hire a broker if you if you have an industrial property, hire an industrial broker. If you have an office property, hire an office broker. And your broker will be better suited to help you out if if he really knows your local market. Don't just get uh, you know a Chicago broker. Get a broker who just does your neighborhood. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Uh, yes, I am. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Don't you deserve to have all your deals funded in lightning quick speed? I agree. That's why I've partnered up with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, to bring you the best crowdfunding crash course ever, where you get all the info you need to know about crowdfunding so that you can close more deals. Tune in every Sunday this February, and you'll be treated to the best crowdfunding crash course ever. Okay, Troy, best ever book? Uh, I would have to say that would be Ender's Game. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to besteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. That would be managing a political campaign. And from that experience, I learned how to manage a complex project, how to raise money from stakeholders and how to sell. Also, how to prioritize and uh, how to manage my time. Best ever success habit you practice. Uh, establish priorities and act according to them. Every day, I make sure that I spend most of my time on the three most important tasks I have and not the three loudest tasks I have. Best ever deal you've done or helped a client get? That was my first deal. It's really small, but once it was done, I knew I'd make it in a commercial real estate broker. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? That would probably be the data center project I'm working on. The operating costs are just a different factor I have to consider. Best ever quote. This is from kind of cheesy book, but one that I like to read once in a while called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's seek first to understand, then to be understood. How do you apply that in your life? Well, and I think that's the key to relationship sales. I just, I try not to talk too much. I try to listen a lot more and it's just when selling that's the key to, to sales and the brokerage you just have to really understand not only your clients needs but also uh, the other brokers you're dealing with and the uh, the landlord and the other stakeholders basically the, the spoke of the wheel dealing with a lot of different stakeholders if I don't understand everyone's position things can quickly run off the wheels What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Spending insufficient time prospecting during my first year as a broker. How do you become more efficient? What did you learn from that first year that you can share with the best ever listeners? That way they don't have that same process happen. Well, I I would recommend to any brokers that are listening that they spend three hours a day on the phone at least three days a week. And then, I mean, there's certain efficiencies that can be made. You definitely have to use a database system to track your information. I like Salesforce, but there's really no way around the amount of time that you have to dedicate to uh, doing prospecting phone calls. Troy, what's the best ever place to reach you? My cell phone, which is 630-805-2460. 
Troy, thank you for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. You know, the, the conversation around office space, both representing tenants and then also how investors approach buying office is something that we haven't discussed on the show. And I'm really glad that you were able to be on the show and talk to some of those points. One of the takeaways I got from this conversation is that as an investor looking to buy an office building, the key is really having the tenants. But a layer deeper than that is it's just like a almost like a single family home where if you have one tenant renting from you, then you're good. And so there are fewer tenants than multifamily. So with office, if you have, you know, say five total potential tenants, then those five tenants are very important. Whereas multifamily, if you've got a hundred unit property, if you lose five tenants, then all tenants are created equal, but not so much here. So really the key is having good partners on the ground, helping you identify the right tenants in place for your property. And then the other side to that is if you want to have a, a business, then just simply rent it out to yourself. Uh, and I know here locally, uh, I'm actually physically in Cincinnati right now working on a deal. Some people I know have done that with their office space and they actually created a pizza restaurant as a result of it. And now, you know, 15, 20 years later, they've got multiple locations. It all started because they had an extra space in their strip center and they needed to fill it with a business. And then lo and behold, the business ended up being successful. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. My pleasure. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.